Welcome to Rough Talk, the only podcast that's all bite and no bark. Whoa, whoa. Today is Thursday, October 7th, and Facebook is stealing my information. But I think we already knew that, guys, didn't we? Definitely. Yeah. I don't use Facebook. I don't either. Same. But uh, it's not like they haven't been in scandals before, though. Yeah. So I use Facebook like primarily just because my mom will comment or post a picture of me for like National Sons Day, and then I, I'm like... I need to respond like, thank you, mom. You and you need the validation oh, from yeah. your mom posting <laughs> a picture. Mom, if you're listening, thank you for the pictures and post more pictures of Zoe too. We love you, mom. Uh, later, you're going to hear the interview with the soccer coach. Yep, NIU men's soccer coach Ryan Swan. So uh, stay tuned for that. That'll be coming up. Uh, it's a great interview. Is he leading the 9-1 and one Huskies right now? The 9-1 and one Huskies. Our first question is going to be the most important one. Uh, so stay tuned. It's about Haggis. So if you don't know what you Haggis gave is... gave away the question. Oh, well, I mean, I didn't say anything <laughs> about Haggis. I just said it's going to be about Haggis. Um, so, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, you probably have heard it by now, though. Facebook was down for a few hours, and then there was a report or a whistleblower that came out uh, basically talking about how the company is more is more focused on their profit than actually public safety. Uh, it was a bombshell report. Uh, we actually just talked about it in our journalism class. It's a crazy thing. There was a quote from this uh, Francis Hagen, I believe, is how you pronounce her name, basically saying the company's leadership knows how to make Facebook and Instagram safer, but won't make the necessary changes because they have to put their astronomical profits before people. Uh, anybody want to anybody want to take a swing at this one? Well, that's Capital America for you. I mean, have any of you guys like personally had experiences with this where you felt like there was kind of something that was sus? Or, like, you know, misinformation or something. You were just like, yeah, this is, like, clearly, like, not right. All the time. <laughs> every day. Yeah. Literally every time I'm on Facebook or Instagram, there's well, something literally. that, like, I was thinking about this show in my head. And then, like, it pops up. I think the weirdest thing is, like, I remember I was on Instagram and I literally was in the mood for B-dubs and saw a B-dubs ad as I scrolled down to go open the app. So, like, and, they and are watching. The So what this what this really comes down to is uh, I, was, I was watching this on the news. So, basically... Their algorithm, the way the algorithm works for Instagram and Facebook, it can, you know, uh, a young girl joins Instagram and she's really interested in physical fitness. Well, it will show her recipes about physical fitness and then will lead her down a road to, like, anorexia. No, like, that's absolutely true because, I mean, okay, I'm not going to say the same thing has happened to me. I don't have an eating disorder, but I do like, you know, to bake and cook. So I do look at recipes and it's so like obvious to me because like I'm an adult like I can very clearly tell when like something isn't right like I've taken health classes like I kind of know a 14 year old though someone's telling them that they only need to eat a thousand or twelve hundred calories a day when mm, no that that's not really right, right. <laughs> like they're not gonna know that right and, and it hurts a lot. I think it just, like, hurts more because, like, we know Facebook is – they know about this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they just don't want to do anything about it. Oh, and, and why would they when they're making astronomical amounts of money? Uh, it says – hey, this is from uh, – oh, actually, this is just about the, the yeah, uh, shutdown of Facebook itself. Facebook yeah. was just off air for, for hours. What happened, Davion? Yeah, I remember CNN had said that Facebook was shut down for about six hours and even Twitter users were experiencing issues with the app as well. I believe the only real social media app 
not giving anybody problems yesterday with Snapchat. And then some people said their TikToks were fine, but I do know some of my friends said they were having issues on TikTok too. We had reverted back to the Stone Age for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the only reason why those other places had issues is because all the traffic from Facebook got dumped into mm-hmm, all the other right. places. That's why Twitter started to, dr- to struggle as well. And it wasn't like a little glitch. Apparently this was like a huge thing. Like there was just a lot of code missing. There oh, was... Uh, it was like the routing of the information just kind of got fucked up. Yeah, one of my buddies was telling me that somebody like literally logged into the Facebook mainframe and deleted a big portion of it, and they were only able to acquire it back just because they had like a backup for it. That's that's crazy. How a company that big didn't they build a didn't they build a data bank here in DeKalb? I think I they, did hear about that. I did hear about that. They're planning that. to. Oh, they're planning they're to. They're trying to because I remember my journalism teacher was telling me yeah, about that. Yeah, I remember that. It's crazy how a company that big can have a problem like that just because of, you know, a line of code or routing. And then the funny thing about that, the amount of shout-outs for shout-outs I saw on Snapchat, people must have really been bored yesterday. That shit was insane. What do you mean? What's like, that? So What's basically that? shout-outs for shout-outs is where they post, you post somebody on your Snapchat so you would get more Snapchat friends. So like, Oh, if, so you're if just you trying to get clout. Through, that's basically what it is. That's stupid. Very. Um, anybody else got anything on Instagram, Facebook? It was a it was a big deal. It's gonna be a big deal. They were, this woman testified before uh, Congress. Uh, it and uh, Allie, we were talking about this in our journalism class. I mean, it, we knew this was probably happening. We knew Facebook was up to something. It doesn't shock me, but I'm not gonna be surprised if nothing happens. Well. Yeah, I mean, well, we knew that this exact problem was happening because throughout the pandemic, they've refused to take down misinformation Mm -hmm. about the vaccines and they've refused to take down information about the so-called fraudulent election. We knew that this was happening. We knew that they cared more about, you know, their profits than actual correct factual information in public health and safety. Um, but no, I really don't think anything's going to happen about that. And that's kind of disappointing. And it also doesn't help when, you know, like the people that are asking questions in Congress are like a hundred years old and still use like telegrams <laughs> and don't have any of these social media sites because they're not well informed. And the craziest thing I think was I saw Mark Zuckerberg lost $7 billion within his net worth because of all the stuff that happened yesterday. Yeah, that's nothing to him though. Yeah, seriously. I thought you were going to say, like, lost 70 pounds. Good for him. (laughs) (laughs) Needs Um, to. No, he's skinny. Uh, Oh, I'm thinking of Bill Gates. Oh, well, he's old. Bill Gates is also skinny. But he's old, though. But he likes children. Bill Gates is decent. Really? The Bill Gates, Jeffrey Epstein thing? Nobody? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's kind of sad. Well, Bill Gates was in connection with Jeffrey Epstein. Um, wow. Oh, wow, that's so a, surprising. That's one, and, then, and then him and his wife got divorced, and that's one of the, they think that's one of the reasons. Oh, wow. I guess you learn something new every day. Okay. Yeah, uh, what, what, what do you want to talk about next, Davion? Okay, let's go ahead and talk about Bubba Wallace. Bubba. For those of you who don't know, Bubba Wallace is a NASCAR driver, and um, I believe it was on the first it was where he became the first, no, yeah, he became the first driver to win a NASCAR Cup Series since Wendell Scott in 1963. Long time. For Bubba Wallace, this was his first career Cup Series win, and the crazy part about that to me was that he drove through a crash in the race and held his position for five laps, and the race had two delays due to the rain. Oh, yeah, it was at, it was at uh, Talladega Speedway, uh, and Talladega Speedway is one of the fastest speedways. Wow. Why it's called a speedway. You, like, don't use your brakes. So you're going, like, upwards of 200 miles an hour almost. Oh, um, 
I barely go 100. <laughs> <laughs> I barely go 80. That's insane. Uh, no, yeah, he's uh, – and this is the biggest thing because Talladega, I don't know if any of you remember last year, that was that whole thing with, like, that noose. There was mm-hmm. uh, I, I yeah. remember that. I remember that. Where there was a uh, – there was, like, a noose found in his uh, locker room or in his yeah, uh, something like that. car, like, where his car is stored. Good garage. Yeah, his garage. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> where his car is stored. I couldn't think of the name. And so there was, like, a whole, uh, you know, outcry about that and racism in the sport. So it's a good thing for him that he yeah. was able to win. I think it was really nice to see him win because, like, a lot of times when you grow up, like, you don't really see a lot of black NASCAR drivers. And I even remember when I was a kid, I never, like, that's why I never really watched NASCAR. So I think it's good that he's empowering more people to join the sport. Yeah, no, actually, I was kind of going to say the same thing. <laughs> like, it's a very predominantly white sport. One that I would never participate in because it kind of freaks me out that (laughs) that they have to go so fast, um, especially without braking. Uh, But no, like seriously, though, that's that's good for him. You don't think you could drive in a car like that for like 150 laps, just never braking? No, I would be too scared. Like, what would I have to do if I had to go to the bathroom? That's my only concern because I feel like (laughs) after the second lap, I would have to piss myself. Like, literally just all over the place. Yeah, like, kind of I'm pretty sure you just pee in the car and then change your shoes. But like, what if like I make a hard left and it's just pee all over my face? Like, well, that's why you have the helmet. I'm yeah. going to instantly crash. Like, I'm gonna just crash <laughs> right, right like in the wall. Windshield wipers on your helmet. <laughs> 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 that's good. Uh, that's a good one. Definitely. Um, yeah, Bubba Wallace. Good for him. Congratulations. Wearing McDonald's, I think, was his uh, sponsor. So oh, yeah, that's amazing. Loving it. He's loving it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's autumn, it's homecoming season, um, and I, you just had our homecoming last weekend, so what did you guys all do? Do you want my honest answer? Yes. Okay. Hon- honesty only. Yes. Honesty only. Uh, honesty only woke up around 1030 because we were supposed to have a tailgate. Uh, not a lot of people showed up, but the ones who did, the real Gs, uh, you know, we we did have Coors Light. The mountains were blue, Oop. so it was cold. Um <laughs> I personally didn't go to the game because I had to write a recap story for men's soccer, but, you know, everybody else went to the game. They came back a little earlier after the torrential downpour that just happened, and then I think we just spent the rest of the day just getting high and playing Smash. Uh, that was that was pretty much homecoming. Oh, and then we went to Fatties. Was there even rain? I mean, because I know the game got, like, rained out, but was there even actually, like, uh, rain? It yeah, there was like down. A- it was pouring down down earlier today there was like a torrential downpour uh, for like yeah. 20 minutes okay I, yeah i don't know how i missed that but also like it was only 20 minutes so uh, that's yeah. not really that long because i was on my because i had woke up around i woke up around like 12 that day and i was getting ready to get ready to leave and i look out the window it's pouring down and there were no parks in the steve-o parking and lot i believe there's also lightning too so that kept, uh, yeah, that kept yeah I, I i did hear about that yeah that they had to delay due to lightning that kept postponing the game like the game started at 1 30 by like seven o'clock when we were at fatties it was the third quarter <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys how's your homecoming yeah um my homecoming weekend was pretty good i spent most of it just hanging out with my roommates and again getting a lot of work done with i had women's soccer recaps to do and then a different feature story as well so, yeah, my, my weekend was similar to Noah's. I just hung out with the buddies, you know, got right and enjoyed myself. So it was pretty nice. Same. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I did go to one of our homecoming events, the night at homes or whatever. Um, How I, was that? You know, I, I thought it was, pr- like, pretty fun. Um, I mean, I, I went with a group. I was invited. That so, was um, But, yeah, like, there were, like, different events, um, like, put on by different, uh, like, organizations and clubs here, which, which was cool. Um and just kind of like a chiller 
night, but it was it was fun. I slept in all day. <laughs> really? Well, not all day. Um, I slept in for like until like twelve, and then I just had to get a lot of work done that day. You're a real party animal, Jerome. Nope, yeah, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, if you need sleep, you need sleep. Hey, sometimes when That's you're always true. busy, it's good to just do nothing. Exactly. That is true. Um, okay, homecoming. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have anything else for homecoming. NIU beat Eastern Michigan 27-20. to 20. Uh, Game wasn't even that yeah, good. A lot of parties this weekend, though. Like, I know the numbers. Uh, go get tested while you're out there. Oh, yeah, gentlemen. COVID. Go get tested. I have a feeling that the numbers are probably going to spike. Just uh, took my test today, hoping for the best. Next one, next thing we're going to talk about, Squid Game. Squid Game on Netflix. Oh my gosh. That show oh my gosh. is <laughs> crazy good. Oh my god. I binged it and I finished it all. Davian's got two episodes left. Ali has now watched it. Jerome said he might get on it. Um I guess it's gonna be something for me and Davion to talk about, but this yeah. show is so good. It's number one in ninety different countries since debuting on September seventeenth. That's insane. And it is just Everybody's going to be the the Squid Game characters for Halloween. Definitely. So basically, if you don't know the show, the premise of the show is a game show that, or not a game show, a uh, a series of games that people can sign up to play, uh, basically to win a lot of money. Uh, if you are eliminated from the game, you die. Uh, and it is. I don't really want to say anything else about it because yeah, I don't want to ruin too much. I don't want to like yeah ruin anything about it. Uh, it takes place in Korea. Uh, this was something that you you showed yeah. Davian. What was this? And I think the craziest part when we when we were actually talking and looking this up, the craziest thing about this is the director of the show was re- rejected by studios for ten years because many studios found it too grotesque and too unrealistic. Wait, wait, what? What? They found it what? <laughs> too grotesque. Grotesque. Okay. Yeah. I don't really know what that means, but I did a good job pronouncing. You it. You didn't. So. Oh, I didn't. Okay. So Would I you guess. like to take one more stab at it? Um. Yes. Okay. Grotesque. Yeah, I quit. I quit. I Grotesque. Quit. I quit. What? Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no, you're lying. Bro, that's insane. No. Oh, but man. no, yeah, the, the studios found it too grotesque, too unrealistic. Wait. Uh, what? You just said grotesque. I know, because he said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too grotesque. Uh, no, yeah, too grotesque. You're funny, Davian. <laughs> um, no, it, it's just a crazy show. I, I binge watched it all. I loved it. Uh, great. Great story writing, uh, great you know ending. The last two episodes are great. I don't I don't want to ruin anything. Plot I twist. Think I like, like that. the best thing about it is like it takes you up and down the whole show. Like you get like a full three sixty of everything that's going in within every single episode. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Al, are you gonna watch it? Um, I do want to. I I mean, for me, what's interesting about this is that like I just never expected, um like a, a k-drama i guess like a a korean drama to like get this popular in the west i mean even though korean film has been kind of blowing up here for yeah. the last couple of years i never thought i'd be watching a korean show um, <laughs> but like because i've watched a, a couple of other like korean shows and usually they're not like this usually they're not extremely violent yeah. a lot of them are more like rom- like rom-coms and things like that but they really do this genre well, I think. Oh, yeah. Also, that lead girl's really hot. Very, very. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I'm so glad. I don't know what her name is or how to say it, but uh, I will be contacting you soon. Yeah, she's like a Korean supermodel, which is... It makes sense. It makes plenty of sense. That it does. You guys need to check it out. Oh, please. 
bleed. And anybody who has watched it and would like to, uh, anybody would like to talk about it, please DM us on Instagram or Twitter and just, just talk about the show with us. We can do it all day, all night. Uh, speaking, speaking of actually, there's no good segue into this at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, go ahead. We'll go speaking ahead of women, no, uh, let's talk about women in Kabul. So let's go, go ahead. I'll go ahead and let you guys know. So. For those of you that don't know about what's going on with the women in Kabul, they're defying the Taliban and returning to work and to go back to their studies. So basically what's going on there is the Taliban took back over Afghanistan again, and in their rule before, females were never allowed to go to school within the five-year rule they had. And in August, the Taliban had took control over Afghanistan, and then the Taliban banned students from secondary education actually just last month. And one woman actually even said that she has no other option but to just go obtain her education and return to work. That's really sad. It is. It is sad. Um, I mean, I think it's just, I mean, like for me, because I'm the only woman in this room, it's like. And the most respected woman in this room. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate that. But I mean, I think um, you really can't look at this issue culturally. Um, because I know, you know, some people make the argument that like, oh, it's just their culture and, you know, whatever. And maybe it was, um, but I don't think it should be now. Um, I think that that has to change and it is very, it, it is sad. It is sad to kind of see them revert back to, um, the dark ages. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe not that far back. But I mean, but it kind of is, but in I a mean, way. Well, I mean, because I feel like we made so much progress with, like, Malala and things like that. And then to kind of revert to, like, before that, when, you know, women still didn't have these rights, it, it is sad. And I wish that that could change. Um, but I don't really know how possible that is. I don't know when that would even happen. Well, the thing is, the Taliban... One of their main goals for fighting was to revert their cultural ways back to um, what it was before. So, like, like restricted women's rights, that kind of stuff. So, unless the unless the Taliban get like outed or something happens within their own structure, it's going to keep happening. When, unfortunately, when people think of Afghanistan, they think of like the dark ages already. But like, it wasn't always like that. No, it was not. No. I mean, they they have electricity. They go to school. They watch TV. They have a great society. Like they have cities. People just think because it's the Middle East, it's like a waste. Right. And I mean, to be fair, um, I mean, and I'm not defending that point, but like they are very protective of their culture and I mean because like their culture has been around for thousands of years and they still do things the way that they always have and you know I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing but at the same time like there are some things that do need to be adopted and adapted uh you know that fit more modern values yeah I just feel like in this day and age in 2021 I want any woman across the globe could do anything and I just feel like we should stop restricting women to do what they're capable of doing and what they want to do I like that I like that any other anything else? oh yeah uh, they uh the last the last bullet point here is more <laughs> like, they, so they so tell me about it Dave this yeah. is not funny though this is not funny. no not funny not at funny. all by no means we're laughing at something unrelated but they did run out of power in Kabul as well they Samir did, did you pay the power to bid oh Sorry. man okay <laughs> <Sorry>. hey okay <laughs> What? Let's go ahead and transition to the next one, Noah. Um, I just hit my head on the microphone. <laughs> that did not feel good. Um, you wrote here a flu shot clinic in the Duke Ellington Ballroom. 
Oh, yeah. So, there will be and a then flu shot. And then left nothing else? I, well, it was on Tuesday the 12th. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I assume it's going to be a good thing. Funny thing about that, I've actually never had the flu shot until I actually got the flu. I don't really believe it does anything, but that's just, that's just my stand. We're not getting political here, but I'm telling you guys. That's get that not political. Shot. It isn't? Oh, I'm not being biased. Oh, biased. That's what it is. Biased. That's what it is. Biased. Go ahead and get that flu shot, guys. Yeah, it's, like, proven that it will. It Does you. it, though? Yeah. I mean, okay, I'll get it, but, like... Do you think they just, like, hand, like, just like, hey, can we just stick you with this needle for no reason? I mean, if we're being honest, that seems like a real nurse kind of thing. You never know what kind of needles it is. It's just, boop, we're here, you know? Well, yeah, but... Well, like, yeah, but, like, you're going there to specifically get a shot. Like, yeah, they, but do you guys really know what's in the shot when you go get your shot? I'm sure you can look it up. I mean... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you probably could. I mean, they, they give you, like, the, um pathogens yeah. for like the new oh, yeah. th- for like the new flu strain and that's well that's why you have to get it every year because it it's different it, it mutates have you guys gotten a flu shot before i I, yep. I get it every year i actually just got I it last week i have not gotten mine this year but i will i just got it last week usually you want to have it two weeks before flu season starts um might raw dog it out see what happens uh but uh <laughs> i am gonna get that covid shot though i am gonna get that covid shot we now welcome onto the show a very special guest. He is the head coach of the 9-1 NIU men's soccer team. They are red hot. Please welcome to the show Coach Ryan Swan. Can we call you Coach? You can call me Coach. Okay, awesome. Coach, I like that. Um, we've been wanting to interview you for a while. Uh, you are on a hot streak, 9-1. You guys are playing so well. You guys have number four West Virginia coming up soon. And before we get to that, we have probably the most important question of the day. Uh-huh. And that is, have you ever, and if you have, how good is haggis? I have had haggis a uh, couple of times. And if it's done right, it's palatable. And if it's done wrong, it's horrific. Because it, ju- it just looks horrible, doesn't it? Well, it? Again, it really depends on the preparation. So there's if it's prepared properly, it doesn't look so bad. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, th- I think the pictures that are online usually is uh, of the worst of it. So, no, it, it, it's okay. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't look great. <laughs> yeah, no. I think I'm going to have to pass on that delicacy. Um, well, that was our – actually, you know, that could be the whole interview right there. We can <laughs> end it right there. Just wanted to know. No, uh, so it's your f- fifth season here. Uh, you started in 2017. Uh, and – we're looking at your records here, and they obviously have improved each season. Right. Uh, what what kind of culture are you trying to build in the locker room? So, you know, I think whenever you're in college athletics, or really athletics at a high level, you always want a culture that, that strives towards winning. And so uh, everything that we're looking to do, whether it's in the classroom or on the field, we want the guys performing at the, the, the top level. And so I think you can see that um, over the last few years that the grades have improved every time we've five years in a row we've had the United Soccer Coaches Academic Award and and now we're starting to see it on the field obviously that uh, I think each year we've had big wins you know beating Akron a couple of times last year we beat UNO who were ranked in the top 10 in my first year here so we've always had these big moments but now we're starting to see the consistency where um, we're winning more and I think that's we've been driving towards that 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 every game's big and it's important to win, and um, so the guys want that. But also, I think that on the culture side, I think you see it at training and during the games. The guys enjoy being on the field. I know my staff enjoys being on the field, and so uh, being part of something that's successful and also just enjoyable enjoyable to be part of is, is kind of what we're striving for. Um, so what do you do as a coach, or maybe even more importantly, what do your players do as a team to 
promote that culture of consistency and of success. I mean, especially because, you know, you, you have been seeing more success, you know, well, over I, the years. Yeah, no, I think from uh, from the very start, we've, we've talked about, um, whenever we talk about goals within the team, we rarely set ceilings uh, on on where we want to go to. So um, it's the same again. If we're talking about in the classroom, we don't have a a certain GPA that we're looking at because we know everyone's doing different majors. It's just you got a hard class, you got a, an easy semester, whatever it might be. Let's just get to the the best that, that we can be out there. And so, and it's the same on the field. You know, even at this point, in nine and one in the season, we're not really talking about where the season will end. We're just kind of, right now it's focused on West Virginia coming in on Saturday and after that it'll be focusing on Bowling Green. So it's just, it's never setting um, our goals to be limited things. It's always, hey, let's take care of the thing in front of us and uh, keep going with that. And so again, whether you're talking about my staff, they, they always know on the recruiting trail, hey, let's never be content where we're at. Let's always shoot for the, the best players and the best student athletes we can get. And, and for the guys, it's, continuing to, to aim as high as they can go. It's great to hear that. Um, stay on topic, but to switch gears a little bit, um, my, my question to you would be, who or what exactly instilled this love of soccer you have today? I've had a lot of people, I think, uh, that have influenced me as to, to who I am now as a, as a coach. And I, I was lucky as well as a, as a player when, when I was younger. I had a lot of very good coaches that were mentors to me. So. Um, you know, going all the way back to like Athol Henderson was one of the first coaches I remember who was involved with St Johnston, my sort of local professional team, and he'd uh, helped me as a player when I was younger. And then I think he recognised that I wasn't going to be as good as I thought I was, and he was the one that kind of helped me, like in my late teenage years, recognise that there might be other options other than playing. So that was like, oh, so this is coming to an end. But uh, he actually helped me get into coaching and stuff. So uh, he was huge, and we stayed in touch even after I moved away from Scotland, and then. Here in the U.S., after I moved over, um, my college coach, Alf Bilbao, uh, ended up hiring me for my first full-time position and was like a huge influence as an educator on the, on the field. John Klein, who I worked closely with at Columbia College, we were chatting earlier today about our respective seasons. So these guys have been just big, big influences on, on me as a coach now, I think. Going on, uh, going off of talking about your uh, coaching and who you know helped you, through your life is it that's uh, a question I like to ask a lot of coaches is it more rewarding for you that you are now a coach you were once a player do you think it would you would have been it would have been more rewarding if you kept playing as a player or do you think that you just have this so much more sense of achievement of gratitude proud to be a coach of these you know these 11 guys who are on the field yeah no I I do think that uh the playing side of I, one of the things I think that drives us and this again goes for not just myself, but Andrew Bordelon, Tyler Dahl on staff with me, all really enjoyed playing and still do enjoy playing. And so I think having the memory of why we loved the game and you know what motivated us to get out there, it helps dictate how we are as coaches on the field now and what the players are looking for. So I certainly, I, I don't think it's essential to have played at a certain level to be a good coach, but I do think remembering you know, the love of, of the game and the joy that you get from it is important when it comes to the kind of coach that you want to be as well. So I, I do think from the playing side, did help me on that. Well then let's, uh, let's read you off a few stats here. All right. You're talking right. about coaching, talking about your love of coaching. Here we go. Uh, forward Nick Markanich, thir uh, 12 goals in the season, leading the country. Enrique, Enrique Bumuelos, third in assists, he's got seven. 
Uh, you're the top scoring offense in the country. You are second in goals against. Uh, first in goal differential. That's uh, 30 goals to three. You have a 27 differential in goals, which is insane. Uh, and then I believe it's a 600-minute scoreless streak that you have. I can see you having a little smirk there. <laughs> Got to be a great <laughs> feeling. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you? I mean, you've already talked about what do you credit this success, this success to? Uh, how do you get the guys to just buy in on this team? Because it seems like they have. Well, I, I think this is something, and you know, I, the guys that obviously we give credit to everyone, but I think when you look at the guys that are now seniors, that uh, that came to this program after we went, you know, and I think in my first year I'm trying to forget the numbers but you know it was like a 311 and something yeah season so that's tough to, to attract good players to come to that team was always going to be difficult but we managed to to bring the guys and you know you mentioned Nick Markanik who's now leading the nation uh, in goals like he came and joined that team like he came into our our first full recruiting class and so those guys that came in and I think saw the vision that we had for the program and bought into it and so even though there were obviously some some tough times over the last couple of years. The guys never stopped believing in where we wanted to get to and where they wanted to get to, both individually and as a team. And so, uh, huge credit to them. So, you, you know, obviously the Markanics we've mentioned, Adrian Corona, who's we've bounced around in so many different positions, and he's just he's bought into. He, here's my my job on the team, and whatever we ask of him, he gets it done. And so, uh, those guys came in, and like I say, I just I think they saw what the potential was, and. Now we're enjoying some of the fruits of that, and again, we're not satisfied, but there's still more that we believe uh, to come. So uh, that hunger and that belief, I think, is what's driven us. Um, you said something earlier that was interesting. Uh, you were talking about... Just one thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, everything you've said yeah. has been interesting, but um, you were talking about like your influences um, and your experience with uh, you know coaching and how that's been for you. Um, but what kind of coach do you want to be and how do you feel like that affects the culture on the field and with your players individually and, you know, as a team? Uh, you know, I, I just don't think you can survive in this business without having the desire to win. And so here we are sitting and we're having a you know a pretty good season right now, but it's still that we've got these huge games coming up and we're doing the work just now my staff is just working almost around the clock and prep preparation for the, the coming game and kind of with half an eye on, on the next game and then we've got a, a big road trip coming up so all the preparation that goes into obviously preparing our team getting ready for our opponent um, all, all these, these things that go into it are driven by our desire to succeed so first and foremost I, I want to win like I'm, I'm a competitive person by nature um, but also the kind of coach I want to be I, I do want I want the players to obviously have the respect of what we we're trying to achieve, but also to know that, that myself and my staff actually care about what they're doing and um, what's after NIU, whether it's continuing to play or whether it's going into the real world outside of soccer or, or coming into soccer as coaches. Um, so we do try and have conversations with the guys and uh, direct them to, to, to getting the best out of them, um, again, on and off the field and, and then, you know, helping them grow as men. So uh, I think that that's the most important thing. I think if we keep striving to get the best of our, out of our players, we'll keep seeing the results on the field and we'll see the results of, of these guys going on to success, whether it's on the field or not. All right. Another question I have for you as well, Coach, was how are you able to recruit so many foreign students to come to play at NIU and some of the bigger name students as well to buy in? 
Well, I, I think first and foremost, the American college system is unbelievable. You know, I grew up in Scotland and, you know, I kind of got to an age where my options were running out. You know, I thought I was going to go pro as a soccer player and around about the age of 16 or 17 is whether it's kind of make or break. And unfortunately, it looked like it was breaking for me. So the, the professional opportunities weren't there that I, that I thought were going to be there. And that's that's the harsh reality around most of the world and once you get to that certain age either you're going to an amateur level or a, maybe a semi-pro level if, if you're lucky enough but here in the US when you've, you're around you know 18 to 22 23 year olds come over compete at a really high level great facilities uh, great opponents it, there's a lot of people who are looking to do that so there's just a huge amount of international student athletes looking to come over here um, obviously having some contacts particularly in the UK has, has led to, to some opportunities there. But also, as I've mentioned, like Andrew and Tyler, any time of the day that you come in here, they're watching video. Sometimes it's watching our videos, sometimes it's watching our opponents, and a lot of times it's watching videos from throughout the US and throughout the world at, at players. So we know who's graduating, we know what our needs are. So we're looking, you know, here in our backyard to as far, you know, we got a kid from Australia, so we're literally looking around the world to, to find the next player. So, um, but it's, it's big business over here and there's just, there's a lot of companies throughout the world are now trying to help student athletes come over. And so we're just looking at every avenue possible uh, to attract student athletes. and. Obviously, that's led to some international kids. What I will point out as well, you know, with uh, Enrique Banuelos, with uh, Jorge Vallegas, uh, they, and then with uh, Pepe Martinez, all three of those guys were already in the, the U.S., so they transferred in. So I do think, you know, you run a little bit of a risk when you, you know, with Malcolm Ward coming in from Australia, it was, it was a risk for him. It was a risk for us. We obviously hadn't seen him in person play. Um, you know, but it's worked out fantastically well for us. But with some of these other guys, we already knew of them. We, we'd, we'd seen uh, Vallegas and uh, Martinez. We'd actually played against Martinez. So we knew those guys and they knew us to a certain extent. And so that obviously helps uh, when it comes to attracting those guys as well. Uh, just a couple more questions for you. Uh, this one, actually, I just, you know, I was thinking of, do you have any traditions or superstitions before a game starts? You know, I do. And I had a, a lot of superstitions as a player. I was, you know, what I and what I, I had the same pair of boxer shorts that eventually disintegrated. But uh, as, a, as a coach, I, and I, especially in my early years, that kind of carried over as a player. There were certain things I'd like to wear and there's certain things I'd like to do before a game. Um, I've tried to break myself of those habits because we talk to the guys all the time about, you know, we control the controllables. And so the reality is what I wear and while I am in control of that, I don't think that really is going to have any control over what happens on know. the field. So, well, that's it. I, I, the, the problem is when you run into that mentality, and even for our players, I don't, I don't tell them how they should dress or what they should do or what their preparation should be for games. But if it's superstitions and something happens that you're, you can't go through the exact routine or your favorite shirt isn't clean, does that throw you off for the game? And so as a coach, that's harder to to justify on myself to as a player I could kind of deal with that and get around it but as a coach I can't really believe that these things are going to affect how the guys perform on the field and and I've seen it as well certain things that I've done before a game and suddenly I haven't done it before the next game and lo and behold it didn't really have any effect on how the guys played so I think uh, now my concentration is more on how I communicate with the players my demeanor on the sideline so my superstitions I think of greatly reduced because they were perhaps out of control at one stage.
It's all a mental thing. I, exactly. I know I used to have when I was playing baseball, I would have to touch the plate with my bat on both sides like four times, and I still struck out every time. <laughs> so I, it didn't really matter. Um, um, yeah, so you were kind of um, talking about how, uh, you know, back in Scotland you were – you well, you didn't go pro, um, obviously, because you're here, but you you – we're playing at a pretty high level. So how how was that for you? I mean, I'm I've I've never played soccer. I am not really a sports person. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, just what what was your experience uh, playing at such a high level? Yeah, it was good, and you know, I think it, it is interesting. And you can you, you, we're starting to see it happen a little more here in the U.S. I think the MLS has grown so much just in my time here, um, and now the academy system. So for the youth players is getting to develop more and more to, to the point where now we're seeing that a lot of the guys that we have on the team uh, here at NIU have had some experience at the pro levels, whereas their academy team, they maybe had opportunities to play with, with the pro level players as well. And so that did happen uh, in Scotland as, as I was growing up from early ages, you know, from as young as 12 years old, like some of my teammates were getting picked up by the local professional teams, getting brought into their academies. And uh, and so for myself, that, that happened around about 15 or 16 years old, where I was going from playing with guys the same age as me to training with, with men. And, and, some, and some, you know, in the case of St. Johnston, like the guys I was going to watch on a Saturday afternoon, like the pros, suddenly I'm on the training field with them. So uh, on, the, on the one hand, it was an awesome experience getting around that level, but also it did make me realize that there's so much I've got to add to my game. I think you, you don't get to rest on what you've done or what you think you are as a player, because suddenly when you see the higher levels, uh, that really challenges you to be better. So that's one of the things I think that Major League Soccer is doing a fantastic job of just now. You see, uh, you know, especially our guys that have been with FC Dallas, they're training at the same time as the pros, and if they've been exceptional for their youth team, they're getting to go and train with those pro pro level players as well. So, I think it's it's a great thing, and it, it makes a big difference. Um, and we have obviously found some diamonds in the rough that have maybe flown under the radar, but the guys that have played at a really high level, you can see that they're prepared for the college level. And so, I do think that when I came over, that was kind of an advantage of my background. I'd kind of been playing with older players from a younger age, and I was able to adapt to the college level relatively quickly. And uh, again, I think that's something we're seeing more and more of from the American player as well. And then the question I had, what is your favorite game that you played in personally as a player, and why is it your favorite game? So I played college uh, at, at Truman State, and I still remember uh, a national tournament game my first year. We were playing against Quincy University from here in Illinois, and uh, we beat them 3-2 in overtime. Uh, I scored the equalizer. And I still have a picture of the celebration on my wall, much to my wife's What was dismay. the celebration? It was the shirt off, sliding on the knees, just oh, all there, okay. all there, uh, in front of the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so th that was just an exciting game. It was, uh, you know, there was a good crowd out for the game. It was, the weather was great for, for you know, it was cold, it was November, but, uh, you know, f the field was, was in good playing condition. And so I, I remember the crowd being there. I remember, you know, the excitement of playing in the national tournament. So that, that certainly sticks out as a... A big game. We also we won the DeKalb Indoor uh, League with uh, with my staff and the Molly staff. So that was exciting too. So that was more recent. Wait, um, <laughs> so you played indoor soccer against Molly's or with no, them? no for Molly's. Yeah, oh. yeah. So so Sean, uh, big supporter, the owner of Molly's, and so he would get uh, the staff together and uh, some of the older players, and we'd go play in the DeKalb 
rec indoor week. It's and, like uh, a softball league. It's exactly almost. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would so, do that. That was yeah. that's pretty cool. So yeah, we were champions of that. So I remember winning that too. So that's probably got to be your, your biggest accomplishment. <laughs> that's probably right? the biggest. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, uh, that's all we got for you, Coach. You can uh, you can see NIU play West number four West Virginia this Saturday, 3 p.m. at the NIU Soccer and Track and Field. Uh, Going to be a great game. Go Huskies. We wish you the best of luck, Coach all your players, and uh, thank you for coming on the show. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Before we get to Mount Rushmore, which is our segment for the day, <clears throat> we want to tell you about the Red Black Podcast. Every week, the Red Black Podcast provides you insight and analysis you need to get you ready for Husky football. Join Northern Star Sports Editor James Krause and guests like Rocky Lombardi, Clint Rakovich, and many more as they talk all things NIU football. You can find episodes at northernstar.info or wherever you listen to podcasts by searching Red Black Football Podcast. That is Red Black Football Podcast. Okay, Mount Rushmore time. Today's Mount Rushmore, we have decided on the Mount Rushmore of holiday food and drinks. So I think we're, we're expanding this to be like anything holiday related. Definitely. Like, you know, eggnog or Thanksgiving food. Like, I think I think that's what we're... Basically, general saying, right? holiday food. Yeah, general yeah. holiday food, snacks, you know. Okay, so general holiday food. Uh, we we did draw numbers to see who uh, select the order. Davion, you won, and Ooh-hoo. the order is going to be Davion, Noah, Jerome, Alley, and it's going to be snake draft style. So, without further ado, uh, what is yours? All right, my number one holiday food, drink, or snack would have to be the frozen hot chocolate from Duncan. If you've never had it, I will buy it for you. DM me. It's so good. I have to, like, write these down so I know what's been taken and what has not. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Frozen hot. Uh, yeah, I've not had it. Like, it's, like, the perfect blend of, like, hot chocolate, but then it's, like, the nice, cool part of it, too. They normally sell it around, like, November, or October, November, and then it lasts, like, maybe January, February. Okay. It's always really good. And then what about you, bro? Um, So mine, I'm going to take so nobody else can steal it. Uh, and obviously, it's pumpkin spice lattes. Right. Well, I mean, I wasn't going to take that, so don't worry. Oh. I might well, I mean, I'm it. very excited to see what you come up with. <laughs> what about you, Jerome? So I'm trying to find it here, but McDonald's has, like, this Irish. Um, oh, Shamrock Shake? Yeah, oh, yes. Shamrock Shake. I literally oh, had that on my yes. list. Oh, my God. So that, good. That is a great pick. It and definitely I'm was. kind of angry I did not choose that. I'm now. mad it was the next one on my list. <laughs> that was definitely not on my radar. I'm about to delete it. Um, Allie? Uh, so for me, um, especially since it's fall and I'm kind of in the mood for one, I'm going to have to say apple cider donuts. Oh, I just had one this morning. Oh, I'm jealous. At, at Duncan. <laughs> oh, I love those what things. Is it, what is it? Is it like filled with apple cider? Is it like just a glaze? Yeah. No, yeah, it's just like glaze with it, and then it has like sugar and cinnamon on top. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, that sounds it, good. It's really good. Might you be should. sad and get one tomorrow. Especially when they're warm. I have oh, not had a warm. They're, they're oh, the best what? warm. You guys I, are getting me excited. I might have to try that. I'm, I'm hungry. Oh, man. Um, okay, Allie, you get to go again. All right, and then I'm going to have to steal pumpkin pie. Oh, ooh. <sighs> that was on my list. Fuck. Well, that's because everyone likes it. <laughs> I mean, come on. That is that is true. Um, yeah, Jerome. All right, so I um, genuinely like turkey, especially because my mom cooks it really well uh, whenever we celebrate at my house. So... Thanksgiving turkey. That's a good one. It's a classic. Oh, yeah, it's a classic. I mean, when uh, you guys have big Thanksgiving dinners. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, like I mean, not huge, not big, but like every year we have a good dinner for Thanksgiving. Yeah, true. Like a lot of people. Uh, it depends because I go to like three because it's always crazy on Thanksgiving. How many people usually come to your Thanksgiving dinners? Uh, so my family is like huge. Um, we have like recently we've had a lot of people move out to different states. So usually my house is pretty full. Um, when we have Thanksgiving, when we host it at least. How are you, Ellie? Um, I mean, my family's pretty small, but my dad still acts like he's feeding an army, so there is a lot of food. When you say small, how many are you talking about? Uh, well, we celebrate with my mom's side and then my dad's side. My my mom, like, literally one person. Um, and then, like, my dad's side, maybe, like, eight to ten, maybe. So, wow. pretty small. Mine's even smaller. <laughs> how can it get smaller than my one? My <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner is my mom, my dad, me, and my sister. Oh, Wow. I, yeah, okay, that I mean, is small, but I family's mean, family's family. Yeah. Well, no, exactly. I know. I'm saying like the yeah. extended family is not. That's how I mean, like my main. Ones. Literally not there. That's how my main Thanksgiving because normally we have like a smaller family on my mom's side, but then like everyone's normal. Normally on the dad's side is huge, and that's how it is for my family too. So like we have the first dinner is just like me, my grandma, my mom, and my uncle, and then the second one will probably be like on my dad's side. We'll go to my uncle's house. It'll be like maybe twenty five, thirty people there. Next one it'll be double the amount of people there, and it's, like, way more food. So it's always real nice. And I like Thanksgiving because it's, like, a time to just say thanks, have a good time, you know. Okay, I, I like it for the football. That, too. Nothing better than, like, an 11 a.m. Bears-Lions oh, game. Definitely. Is it my turn? I think yeah. it is, yeah. So I'm going to go the pie route and go pecan pie because okay. I pecan love pecan. pecan pie. And by the reactions here i'm saying that nobody else likes it i've never had it before i like it it's just it is very sweet that's all right i think it's just my dad who really got me into when i was younger i might try it all right d all right so for mine you have two choices i'm gonna go on the thanksgiving route just like how jerome was and i'm gonna go with my grandma's homemade dressing some people call it stuffing but i call it dressing like that's probably the best dressing dressing that's what that's what that's what it's really okay For my third pick, it's going to be something that you guys probably aren't very familiar with, but I'm going to go potato latkes. You have those on Hanukkah, and basically what that is is, like, fried potato and, like, a potato pancake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are good. Those things are delicious. Uh, You can look it up if you've never seen it. Uh, it, Maybe in, like, December for Hanukkah time, I will bring them in. Uh, Very good. Jerome, what's your pick? Uh... I think so. This is like uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but it's called um, lechon. Um, it's no. a Filipino dish where it's basically an entire pig roasted, and so the skin is like really crunchy, and it's like stuffed with like all these like herbs and stuff like that. It's really good. How do you Sounds spell so that? Good. Lechon. Lechon. Wow. That's like a whole that, ass yeah. pig. Oh, that looks pig. good, though. I it do. Derived from the word leche for milk. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to keep looking at this. Allie, give me your last two picks. Um. Okay, so third pick would be gingerbread cookies because they're like my favorite kind of cookie. Okay. Uh, last pick is actually a German thing. Um, and yeah. I'm, I'm probably... <laughs> I'm probably gonna butcher the name because I don't speak German, but uh, in German it's called uh, Gebrante Mandeln, and they're like um, they are roasted almonds with uh, sugar and cinnamon. 
and th- like you you eat them warm um and they're so good you can usually get them at like german uh like christmas festivals like the chris kindle market downtown i mean like you can literally buy them in pounds like they're so good that's looking really good actually they're so and it's oh. it, it, it uh makes your house smell good too because because you like roast it in uh sugar and cinnamon Bronson. So good. This looks so good. Okay, I can I can get on board with that. Jerome, your final pick. Uh, final pick. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna pick another culture dish that I don't think you've ever heard of, but there's not like an official name for it. But one of my aunts makes these amazing donuts that are like with like covered with like powdered sugar. That's like really sweet, and it's like and it's like sticky because you know it's like sugary, but it's yeah. so good. What what's it called? I, there's no name for it. Sugary donuts. Of, yeah, just sugary donuts, I guess. It sounds they're not even, like a powdered donut. They're not even, <laughs> they're not even formed like as like actual donuts. They're like twisted. Oh. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's wrong. Um, I'm like going back and forth on a couple options here for my final pick. You and me both. But I think I'm gonna go with, and this is a broader one, any kind of Fourth of July barbecue food. Ooh, yeah, okay. So I think... What would that entail? That That's going to entail hot dogs, hamburgers, ribs. There's going to be salad. There's definitely going to be mashed potatoes, potato salad. It's going to be some macaroni salad. Uh, I, c- I could keep going, <laughs> but but that, that's kind of what I'm talking about. That's a good one. Um, and I know that's all, a lot in one, but... Counts. I don't care about the rules. <gasps> No, <laughs> uh, Davian. And then okay, my last two. So the first one I'd say. No, you got one more. Oh, it's one just more. one. Even better. So my last one I would say is sweet potato pie. I don't know how many people consider it to be a holiday thing, but my grandma normally makes sweet potato pie during Thanksgiving as well with the dressing, mm-hmm. and that's always like the best way to close out Thanksgiving in my eyes. Okay, so let's let's just so Davion, you chose frozen hot chocolate stuffing, dressing, lifesaver candy canes, and sweet potato pie. Yes, sir. Uh, I chose pumpkin spice latte, pecan pie. Is it pecan or pecan or pecan? It's pecan. Pecan. Pecan, pecan, pecan pie, uh, potato latkes, and Fourth of July barbecue food. Jerome shamrock shake, Thanksgiving turkey, lechon, and sugary donuts. I found the name for it. It's called shakoy. Ooh, ooh, spell that. S H A K O Y. Shakoy. I like that name. I'm and gonna, I'm gonna make us some. Some dressing pie one day. Ew. <laughs> and Allie, you chose apple cider donuts, pumpkin pie, gingerbread cookies, and gabrante mandeln, which is gabrante. that caramelized food you were talking about. Jamin? Yes. Uh, I think these were all good choices. I think uh, maybe we can uh, put this on Instagram for a vote. Who had a yeah, better Yeah, or, or Twitter. We could do like a Twitter poll. Twitter, who had a better uh, list. And maybe we'll make it every week. Loser has to do something. Damn. Whoever got the least amount of votes. Um, yeah, so this has been a great show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We this, love you! This has been Rough Talk. We're all bite, no bark. I think that's our new tagline. Yes, sir. I like it. And uh, we will see you all next week. Love you guys. Bye.